Hi friends, just a quick note before we start our show today. I just want to remind you to keep the project that we are involved in here at Village Seventh-day Adventist Church in your prayers. Two of these projects are one we are working on in Montana. We are building a center of influence for evangelism to the Native Americans. And the other one is in El Salvador where we are building a college down there and several churches. So if you could keep these projects in your prayers, God will continue to do mighty and great things. But if you feel impressed by God to support financially, please visit villagesda.org. So he was still hurt. He's a hurt child. Hmm. Got it? But I don't have a words like I have today, right? Right. But at that time, I was able to understand that was the reason. Right? Why, why he acted that way. That's why he acted like that. So as a child, I was supposed to understand my parents. I am Michael Xarona, and you're listening to Why I Am Here, a show that shares the incredible stories of our guests and how they can inspire you to have a closer walk with God. On today's show, I sit down with Mervyn. Now, Mervyn has an incredible story. Like any other story that we feature on this podcast, Mervyn grew up in a very abusive Hindu home, but that did not enshroud his future with a cloud of despair and hopelessness. Mervyn later on discovered the truths about Seventh-day Adventist Church. He left Hinduism, God opened doors for him. Now he is studying MDiv at Andrews University here in Bering Springs, Michigan. So let us find out more on this episode. So right now I'm at uh, Andrew's seminary, right? And uh, both me and my wife, we came here in 2016. And uh, we come from a teaching background. So you will see when I talk, I say we, we. So it's like my wife is next to me. <laughs> so that's a language, right? When you're in a team and uh, hopefully next time she'll be with us. And uh, so, yeah, coming from a teaching background and... Um, then I met with a president on my conference who studied at Andrews University. He did his MDiv. So wh- where are you from? I'm from Mauritius. You're from Mauritius. So Mauritius is a tiny tropical island in the ocean, uh-huh. also known as the Pearl of the Indian Ocean because we have beautiful beaches and all that. So it's well known. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. I <laughs> I wish to visit someday. You should. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your background growing up in Mauritius. How was it like? So I come from a Hindu background, mm-hmm. right? And my parents were practicing Hindus, more or less my mother, I would say, not my father. Mm-hmm. So my childhood was really, really rough, difficult. And uh, today I'm healed by the grace mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. But during those times, it was very, very difficult. So my father was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And he was abusive on my mother and on me. And life in my house was like hell on earth. Really? Right? Yeah, no joy, nothing like that. So my father, most of the time when he won't be drinking, he's quiet. He won't say anything. Just quiet? Quiet. He won't talk. He will read his newspaper and do his stuff. That's it. Mm-hmm. But when he starts drinking, then he's another person. So usually this will happen at night. Right? Oh, so he would, he would drink and then come back home at night? Yeah. He would go to a place where he he goes normally, and then he will come at home, and then you know something will happen. Anything can happen. So mm. like when he's home, we mm-hmm. don't speak like I'm speaking to you. It's a natural conversation. But when my father is home, we whisper. Oh, really? Yeah. 
when we talk, my mother and I, my sister, my sister is okay because she's like a sweetheart of my father. Mm-hmm. So she was okay, but it was mainly me and my mother. So why would you whisper he didn't like noise or? Because of fear. Oh, because of fear. Because of fear, and he because he, he he's violent and he's very abusive, verbally mm-hmm. and physically, right? So, my mother was really really badly abused by him, like violence. So I'm used to see that, you know, since I was young, and also mm-hmm. I used to get beaten by him for nothing, no obvious reason. So, that was really challenging for mm-hmm. me as a kid to say why, why did I, what did I do wrong? Why he is he beating me? And and my father was a carpenter, by the way. Oh, he was a carpenter. So carpenter working for the government also. And um, but just imagine he's a strong guy. Mm-hmm. When he slaps you, you really feel you, it. You feel it, right? Yeah. And so when he would talk, I would tremble. That was a type of atmosphere, mm-hmm. like fear, a lot of fear. So yeah, when he would be at home, me and my mother will whisper. Because she'd be afraid also, right? right because right. of his presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was your your spiritual standing during those times? Mm-hmm. Did you have questions like, why God, or you did? Did you even believe in God? So that's the most amazing thing, and that's why I say God is always present in people's life, mm-hmm. but we might not be aware about it. That's right. So, but at that time, I didn't know anything about God, right? So, like any child, I'd be listening to my mother. Mm-hmm. If I don't listen and go with her to the temple, I'd be in trouble, right? That's right. So, I would go to the temple with her, and but I was not connecting there. There was something different. I couldn't understand why. I respect people who are, I'm not talking about their practices, Mm-hmm. Right, I, res- I respect people's choice, but for me, like I didn't understand why she was praying with idols, and all that. And, and, and trust me, the idols there were frightening. Or oh, like the actual fri- uh, idols, they were frightening. Yeah, to you. yeah. When you look at them, it's like you see the element of fear, violence in them. It's not like peace, something mm. calming. So, so the one one branch of uh, uh, religion, you know, Hinduism, you have many sorts it's hinduism but you have different branches in a way right so mine was more like uh, yeah so that was really challenging to go there and i will ask a question so why are you praying with these uh adults i didn't understand i said you know what that's what i've learned from my parents oh but so uh, so the questions they were just coming in your mind and you didn't ask anyone you didn't verbalize them no, I just asked my mother why you're praying, and then she will or tell you me. Would ask your mom. Yeah, I will ask her. I say, why are you praying? And when she will ask me, you know, uh, there's a part uh, before you leave the temple, you will bow down mm-hmm. to the idols. I didn't want to do that. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Why should I do that? Mm-hmm. She, so I was a bit difficult for her because uh, I was asking questions and I was not doing what I was supposed to do, like like normally people when they go to temples. So if they won't question, they will do whatever, you know, like a tradition, right? So you never got in trouble of questioning the Mm. reason why? You know what? It was questioning that led me to God. Hmm. Tell tell us more about that. Yeah. So either you follow blindly, Mm -hmm. that would be traditional, not tradition like doing stuff, no, traditional in terms of you're following the same thing as your parents. 
right. in that sense I'm talking. So uh, that's one model. The other model is to question the traditions of your parents and try to say why you're doing this, right? So I can't explain this, but I had the why questions a lot, mainly right. because I would say my situation at home mm -hmm. when I would get beaten by my father, heavily beaten. So like I said, he was a carpenter. So, and when he'd be asking my sister, go out and get a piece of wood. To, to deal with you. <laughs> to deal with me for something, I don't know why. Hmm. So my sister at times, she'd be sad, so she would bring something small, you know, thin. Mm -hmm. And my father would look at that and say, mm, no. Then he would go outside you and get something thick. Oh my. And that he would break on me. Today I can uh, talk about it openly, but at that time I can tell you and I can uh, have empathy for children who are mm. mistreated. It's not an easy situation to be in. So I used to question, why me? What, what did I do wrong? You see, right. the questioning part. The questions, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is how I developed the questioning thing. And oh. it helped me throughout my life. So how old were you when you started questioning? It's difficult to tell that. I, I would say I had this process since I was very young. Since you were very young. Very young. I was trying to understand why my father is like that. Mm. Something that as a young child, you're not supposed to think about why your parents are like that. And then I came to understand. So when he was nine years old, his mother passed away. And they didn't let him see his mother. Okay. So that was the regret that he had. So each time he'd be drinking, he'd be talking about this. They didn't let me. So he was still hurt. He's a hurt child. Hmm. Got it? But I don't have the words like I have today, right? Right. But at that time, I was able to understand that was the reason, right? Why, why he acted that way. That's why he acted like that. So as a child, I was supposed to understand my parents. So then emotionally, I didn't get support from my parents. I've learned to grow without support of my parents. But I'm very cautious when I say that. Even if we are messed up, we still do our best yes. in our messed up situation. That's right. So my parents, even if they were broken, they were doing their best with what they had, although right. they made a lot of mistakes. You understand mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Today I can reason, you know, I've been a teacher, so I understand loads of things. So I'm very cautious when I talk about them also. Yeah, you, you want to draw eyes to focusing on the positive mm -hmm. and, and seeing the opportunities around, but at the same time, not negating the fact yes. that the environment wasn't conducive. Yes, so it was an issue. It's not supposed to be like, like that. that. Yeah. And uh, my father was very authoritative, right? Whatever he says, that's it. Mm -hmm. I would say pa. So in Creole, I speak Creole also. I would say pa. Pa is like papa. Oh. In French, papa is père, or you can say papa. Oh, really? So when I would say pa, mm -hmm. can I go and play soccer? No. There's no why, nothing, no. Can mm. I do this? No. So what happened is, even if I had holidays, I didn't like holidays. I preferred to go to school because at school I had friends. I was playing soccer. That's like soccer. your getaway. From yeah, it was my getaway. And that's why as a teacher, I can understand students today. There are many of them who are like that. Hmm. You might not know because you don't go in the details of the challenges. You just see somebody in front of you. That's right. But there's a story behind, mm -hmm. right? So how then did, did you get to be introduced to, to Christ and to Christianity? All right. So, so questioning was part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. It's very strong. Even now, I like to question stuff. Not question to rebel, but question to understand. 
Many times we tell people to do things, but we don't tell them the why behind it. That's right. And then we expect people to say yes or just follow. It doesn't work like that. If you analyze, I'll be coming back to what you've asked. Uh, if you analyze the character of God, mm-hmm. it's a concept of free will. When he tells you something, he explains why. Yeah, he does. And if you don't understand for the time being, later on you will get the understanding. Mm-hmm. So God is not the type who will be dictating something, right? He's not like saying, okay, do this, yes. He doesn't expect that. It's okay for you to say, but why do you want me to do that? I yeah, it's in, intelligent faith and understanding. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So that's why I was questioning the practice of my parents. Your, your parents, yeah. Because um, in uh, the branch of Hinduism I was following, they were doing stuff that one day I brought my wife. We were not yet like at church, but she was come. she comes from a Catholic background. So she knew more about things than me in that sense. So there's something called cavity. It's like a procession mm-hmm. where people carry stuff and then they, they put needles on their body and all that. Mm-hmm. They pull stuff. Some go in trance, like they are possessed and all that. Hmm. So she was seeing all these. That was the context I come from, mm-hmm. right? And uh, having idols in my house also and all the practices. But what I've learned while growing through that, even when I was going to the temple, I was not believing in what they were saying. But the amazing thing is I had respect for the people and their choice. So I would respect them mm. without believing. You see, I didn't have any Christian uh, education. Somebody else was educating me. That's why now that uh, I'm taking the right of the pastor, I know I shouldn't impose on people. Yes. Even if you're doing pr- different practices, mm-hmm. I respect the freedom of choice but i don't need to accept what we are doing so that was my upbringing i've learned that by going through the temple like i would go there and respect the people but i would not participate and then around the age of 17 i will accompany my mother but when she turns her back i'm no longer there she lost me and this is where i told myself and i remember when i was 17 this is one day there was a stupid thing happened and you know my father he doesn't know how to communicate well i understand why and uh, he slapped me you know what i did i turned on the other side on my cheek i said slap me again really yeah just imagine traumatized by him living in fear mm-hmm. but that day i said no enough is enough so i did something called i'm not saying i'm intelligent i'm not giving me this title but i would give this term intelligent rebellion okay you understand talk to us about that so intelligence is like you're not uh, you're respecting the person people Mm -hmm. but you accept that you have boundaries that you can set for you also and then you can say no to things also right Mm. but you don't need to break anything and all that you know like i could have used violence the same thing with my father right but i chose to do differently but still i was making a move to tell him you're wrong Hmm. It's not rebellion in the terms that we understand rebellion in the context we're living nowadays where you break everything and you force things to happen. Yeah. It's not that type of rebellion I'm talking. And I would say it's a, it was God-led because it was very gentle, but it was firm also. So I look at him in his eyes when he said, slap me on the other cheek. And then I say, you know what, since I be young, just imagine the context that I'm in. I'm afraid of my father. 
Yeah. You understand? There's fear. But that day I stood up, looked at him in his eyes, and I said, you know what? You've been like that since I've been young, but it's time to stop now. Because like you are slapping me, you're using violence. Here, you slap me. It's gone. But you're hurting yourself. Time to stop. You know what happened? He stopped. He did? Yeah. That's why I've learned. Mm -hmm. I'll add that before you continue. When people are victims of, uh, like here, like brutality, oppression, and, and all these things in the house, if they don't stand up and speak out, nobody else can do that. Mm. Why? Because in this uh, unhealthy uh, dynamics, what happened? He had power. My father had power over our, our lives. Right. But when I stood up, what happened? I regained power over my life. Yeah. And I believe that that boldness came from God. Too. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, the fact that you brought the point of intelligent or maybe respectful, mm -hmm. setting a line and a boundary, mm -hmm. it's very important because you don't want to do something that is dumb mm -hmm. and you don't want to do something that is rebellious and disrespectful to mm -hmm. your parents. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you should be able to address issues, as mm -hmm. you're saying. Mm -hmm. So I did that and I told myself, okay, moving now onwards, you know what? You don't have bad thoughts in your mind. You want to do something constructive in your life. Right. That's why I was thinking I was a child. Mm -hmm. That's why I didn't understand why he's beating me when I want to do good things in my life. So there's no need to correct me in a way. You got it? Mm -hmm. I was not being that rebellious. I was like an obedient type of child, you know, respectful, always helping at home. And, but I couldn't understand why I'm still being beaten and I can't live like other people, like my friends. So I had a friend that I met when I was 16 years old. He lives not far from my place. And they said, he asked me, do you live around here? 16 years. Why? Because during holidays, I was, I was forced to stay in my home. Mm -hmm. That was it. It was like going to prison. There was no holidays for me. Stuck at home, you don't know what to do. Take a ball, kick the ball against the wall. That was my childhood. No really? friends. Hmm. No friends to, to, you know, to live a normal life. But then um, later on when I started to make my move, then, then he lost me also in the proper sense. Like he didn't have power over me. But I told myself, okay, Mervyn, now onwards, you have choices. That's how I was growing up, by the way. And let me add that. Mm -hmm. Even if my situation was difficult, what I came to understand, you always have a freedom to choose. Always. Don't use your situation as a reason to justify your actions. It doesn't work like that. That was my upbringing. Who gave me that upbringing? Today I can say it's God. Because I could have um, lied to myself and mm -hmm. say, I'm like that today because of my father. This is what you hear most of the time, right? I don't agree with that. Yes, you suffer a lot, you go through a lot, yeah. But still, you have the power to choose. The power of choice. The yeah. power of choice is something that I've experimented and I can tell to people it's powerful. That's why the devil doesn't want you to know the power of choice. That's why he wants to use fear on you so that you feel you can't decide on your life. Mm -hmm. But guess what? The free will power of choice is given to all individuals. Wherever you are on this earth, Whatever situation that you are in is still here for you. And he can't do something against it because it was given by God. Yes, and the power of choice is very important, even mm -hmm. in our spiritual walk, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to decide. As you were saying, you don't want to force things on other people. You respect their choice, and mm -hmm. choice is very, very important. Mm -hmm. So now you 
uh, on your journey to to freedom mm-hmm. and tell us more what happened another form that was helping me I'm, I'm coming on that mm-hmm. it's coming um, I used to do a lot of art in fact I was I like to draw and paint okay so I did my undergraduate in fine arts so that was my undergraduate studies and uh, I used to express myself a lot in my paintings mm-hmm. and you had the theme of freedom in mm-hmm. my paintings and all that. So even my spiritual journey, you could see it in my paintings because I was questioning that. You see the importance of questioning mm-hmm. on the journey? So uh, just to add, so 17 years old, I look at my father's eyes and I say, hey, time to stop. I told myself, you can make, you have choices. You made bad choices, accept the consequences. Don't blame others. Right. But try to do the best in your life. That's what I told myself. Mm-hmm. Self-talk, I did a lot, a lot of self-talk because I didn't get people to advise me. Like here, people are blessed to be in a church where you have people. Mentors and You don't know what you have. It's so it's, it's a great value to have a structure around you. You have a word of God. I didn't have a word of God. I didn't have anything. You know, I'm just going to interject you there. Mm-hmm. That's very important and interesting that you mentioned that because we have a lot of young people that are leaving the church and that are leaving this environment where you have the mentors, you have the Bible, you have the the faith that is like living the truth and going out there into the world. Mm-hmm. Hearing it from someone who is coming from that mm-hmm. direction and coming into the church to say, hey, I didn't have this. Mm-hmm. And now seeing this environment, you're like, wow, they're actually young people who grow up with this, mm-hmm. with this cushion around them. So I just wanted to highlight it so that young people will be listening to this uh, can see how much of a privilege they have and mm-hmm. how much blessed of the council that mm-hmm. is around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so amazing. So when I when I came to church, I said, you guys are privileged. Uh, so last year, so after finishing my uh, degree, of a degree, religious education, because I come from a teaching background, I wanted to get the Christian part of education. Mm-hmm. So last year, after finishing my program, I've served a lot in schools around, and I went to many grades, and I was able to do ministry in public schools, by the way, oh, wow. indirectly. <laughs> That's awesome. uh, it's not difficult for me to speak to the youth, right? Uh, and I have a special heart for the youth, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Not much for adults, but <laughs> because I know how challenging it can be. And they, they need support and guidance uh, during uh, this difficult stage of their life. So when I was serving around, so I will tell students, I have two words to share with you. I will come back on my journey in Christianity, mm-hmm. how I came to church. I didn't forget that. Uh, I said, I have two words to share with you. Free will, choice. You see how my background helped me? Mm-hmm. As a, You see how I, I was able to bring that? Free will and choice. What do you understand by free will? I know in the context that we are living, you have songs with lyrics talking about freedom, right. selling a type of freedom, mm-hmm. moving, movies, showing you a type of freedom, but which is chaos. It's not freedom. But when you look at it, you think it's freedom. Mm-hmm. So there's something that the world is trying to sell with you, telling you that freedom is to do whatever you want. Guess what? This is what they answered me. But sir, you can do whatever you want. I say, oh, interesting. You know what? Today itself, after school, I will come to your house, to your house. I mm-hmm. will open your refrigerator. I will eat whatever I want, leave a mess and go. Free will. I can do whatever I want. You can do whatever you want, yeah. Sadly, that's a reality of this world. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You're free. This is not freedom. 
This is where I've explained the other word, choices. Choices. So it's free will with consequences. Meaning, your choices will have consequences on your life, right? Right, right. So right. if I come to your place and do that, I'm sure to get the police <laughs> in the next 30 <laughs> minutes or that. Yeah, you'll be locked up, yeah. I'll be locked up, right? So this is not freedom, what is proposed to you. Freedom is uh, the ability to make choices, mm-hmm. right? If you remove freedom, then you are not a free individual. You can't make choices, right? That's if you true. go in a country where there's dictatorship, you're not allowed to think whatever the dictator is saying, this is what you're doing. There's no freedom there. Mm-hmm. Although I would say there's, there's a type of freedom, but I won't go too deep and philosophical, but I will keep it to the level of choice. So now what happens if you make bad choices? Huh? Consequences. There are consequences, right? And what do you do? Is it the end of a story? No. Then I shared an illustration with them, how I had a friend who was in the army, great person. Then after his service in their army, I had to deal with the context of the country. I know military thing is a big thing here in America. You know, uh, people go and do their service, right? Mm-hmm. You have veterans and all that. So I came to understand the importance. In my country, it's not that big thing, right? You don't need to go in their services. So I had to adapt to their context also. So mm-hmm. I said, so I had this friend, he did his service, came back, and then he was working. He was working as a custodian. And by the way, I'm not talking about the work of a custodian. I have huge respect. Oh, by the way, the lady that is working as a custodian, when you see her, give her a big hug and say, thank you for your work. And the lady came back to me and said, what did you tell them? Because they said, thank you for my work. I shared him some value. But the idea of talking about his illustration is not the work of student. But while he was cleaning this person, he said, hey, I want to do something else in my life. Somebody, oh, he went to jail. I forgot to say that. So he did service, went to jail. Mm-hmm. And when he uh, left jail, then he was working as a custodian. And one day he said to himself, I want to do something else in my life. Now, just imagine that somebody who went to jail mm-hmm. and he's saying, I want to do something else. How many people will believe in that person? Not much. Not much, yeah. Not much people, right? Uh-huh. But he said to himself, I want to do something else. So what he did? He went to seminary. He went to seminary. And guess what? Today he's a pastor. Oh. Today he's a pastor. Let me, so then I shared that with them. See, what happened to this guy? Let me explain to you. He has free, free will here, right? The ability to make choices. Mm-hmm. He made some bad choices, landed in jail. But while he was in jail, guess what? I need to share a third word with you. Hope. And that is very important. That's important. And that's a big thing I want to share with you. That's what I told them. You know, in your life, you will, you might be, you'll be making bad choices. But never forget what I share with you. There's always hope. Like this guy, while he was cleaning, hope was speaking to him. Mm-hmm. It's God who gives you hope, right? If you right. remove God, right. there's no hope for anybody, mm-hmm. right? But it's a public school. I couldn't use the term God, right? But indirectly, they were understanding where I was coming from. <laughs> you get it? So you need to be very that's, gentle. That's right. So when I say, what happened? Hope was speaking because he was believing I can do something else. If you mm-hmm. remove hope, there's no hope. There's nothing. He can't even think, can I do something else? And he'd be doing whatever he's doing. And that's it. That's the end of his life. And then he said, no, I want to do something else. I want to go in ministry. Guess what? What happened? He went back to his free will. Mm-hmm. and made another choice in his life. Guess what? He took another trajectory. And yeah. today he's pastoring and influencing other youth like you. 
That's what I share with you. So never forget. That is awesome. It, it might be that even your parents, your friends, nobody will believe in you. But don't forget what I share with you. There's always hope There's to always start hope. again. Always. That's wonderful. You see how you bring the Bible to people? Yeah, yeah. And you coming from a testimony uh -huh. perspective, it ties in so well because people love to hear testimonies mm -hmm. and love to hear stories. Mm -hmm. So before we run out of time, do you mind uh, going back? Yes, I'm back to it now. Yeah. So so then I've journeyed. I was very active uh, doing social work. I love to do social work. I like to serve. I like to be active. You will see me around in church. Mm -hmm. I like to help. It's me. I'm not trying to make people, you know, say, oh, I'm not trying to get attention of people. I don't need that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I'm the type I like to help. So I've journeyed. Then I went to do my undergraduate. I met with my wife, right? Mm -hmm. And we've journeyed together also. And we went to different philosophies and uh, uh, a bit of New Age, Buddhism and all that. We've analyzed all these. And uh, so you are still searching yes you're still questioning. questioning yeah questioning very important so if you see the youth leaving church it appears to be very dangerous because it's very risky it might not be a bad thing also i'm very cautious when i say that mm -hmm. if you are questioning about things if we are just leaving you know, because we are attracted about something else that's another issue mm -hmm. but if you see them leaving but questioning so that they can understand the value of what we have here in church it's okay because the prodigal son, when he left, he, he, he came to understand in my father's how I was good then. So that's why as a church, we should always strive to make our best, to give the best testimony because if a person is questioning, you know, we need to go through his stage of life. Right. And right. when they come back, they be powerful people in church, hmm. powerful instruments of God. If they go through questioning phase. You see, I'm very cautious, or else all of you will be leaving church. No, yeah, the, you understand my point. My point is yeah. not to leave church, mm -hmm. but if it happens you're leaving because you're questioning your faith, it's not a problem, because later on you will come back to it, because there's no other God like the God we serve. That is right. Mm -hmm. So, so you were, you were, had these questions, and you met your wife, and yes. now you, you're in so, college. So now we're in college. We meet together. We talk about spiritual stuff. We were very interested with these things. So we were checking, you know, philosophies, new age and all that. Things that are very, uh, very present, but we are, we don't see it. It's mm -hmm. so subtle, right? And uh, and uh, we were questioning. And then she had a, uh, she has a friend. He was Catholic, became Seventh-day Adventist. And she was asking questions in regard to why you pastors get married and, you know, all doctrinal things on my side. So she was Catholic, right? So she wanted me to become Catholic so that when we get married, there won't be any issue. Oh. So for me, I was not, you know, in a church or nothing. I said, yeah, why not? I used to go to prayer meetings at my neighbor's place. So she's Catholic, amazing people. So I was already, already attracted with Christianity in a way. Okay. So even if it's another denomination, but when we share the word of God, we pray to God, you know, if there's something that happened and there was a big contrast with my house and their house, there was joy there and here there was no joy. So oh. I used to go to prayer meetings. You see, it's part of a journey. Yeah. So it was my growing part. And uh, so when I met with my neighbor, I said, hey, I'm looking for a place of belonging, you know, because people will ask me, so what are you, Mervyn? Are you an atheist? No, I didn't know my identity. You, yeah, you didn't know who, who you were. There was something. I thought it was the same for everybody because yeah. I was I isolated in a way from people. 
most part of my childhood in a way, apart mm-hmm. going from school, right? So I didn't get too much exposure. So I thought it was the same for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, I met with her. I said, okay, let's meet the priest, the priest of her church. I met the priest and I said, hey, you know what? I'm looking for a place of belonging. And the thing is, just like I came in, if it is not here, I'll be leaving. They didn't have time to meet me a second time. I was already in the Adventist church. Let me tell you how. So Mm -hmm. the friend that was explaining my wife about uh, 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 why the Bible, so he was using the Bible a lot. And my wife was impressed by that. You know, at his age, he was using the Bible, referencing the Bible. On my side, one day I call him. I say, hey, what are you doing tomorrow, Saturday, going uh-huh. to church? Can I come with you? Yes. I went. And the first message I got was a prodigal son. Oh. What I was amazed was the love of a father. You see, I gave a lot of description about my childhood. Your childhood, yeah. You understand? So I said, I've never heard about a God like that. I started reading the Bible. And he was connecting with me, the language that is used in the Bible. I couldn't understand it. I come from Hindu background. Uh-huh. That's why I say God is working with people in so ways... So you had never read the Bible before? No, no. I didn't read the Bible before. Uh-huh. And when I was reading, it made sense, the language. You know, God has been working in me. In the Spirit of God is working in you. When you read the Bible, it's the same Spirit. Yeah, the voice of God is now talking uh, to the heart. It's to- So when I was reading, I said... This is my God. Before, if you talk about God, I say, hey, go and deal with your life challenges <laughs> instead of using God as a way of escaping reality. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Because I like practical stuff. You need, somebody is going through a tough time, what do you do? You have a person. Normal mm-hmm. thing, right? I like this practical. Not, not, not just go and do a sermon with a person when the person needs some very specific help, right? Mm-hmm. So the practical part was very important. But I was missing something. So at the age of 22, I told myself, why should I go through all this suffering, keep my principles, and then die? Life didn't make sense. Yeah, there has to be something greater or something purposeful in life. Yeah, yeah. Because or else it's like, wow, well, you do all this and then you die. Okay, there's yeah. nothing interesting like, with this life, right? Exactly, yeah. It's, like, what's uh, your purpose of existence? So this is when I met my wife and we started having more conversation about life, a purpose. You see a lot of spiritual things. That's why we connected so well, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I landed. And we landed. So she had a question, did Bible studies? I joined her for the Bible studies. And we both got baptized together. We came to church. We were already active. Normal thing. Both of us active. And uh, and, I f- and she was waiting for her parents to come. So I was waiting also. So I, I have a question mm-hmm. on that. So... Now you you got introduced to this new faith, Christianity. Of course, you said God was working on your heart Mm -hmm. all this time. But coming from a Hindu background, uh, was this transition hard in terms of you yourself, your family, your background? Tell us how that dynamic worked. All right. So like I mentioned, I was doing a... Well, I'm not saying I'm intelligent, okay? I'm very cautious. But I was doing intelligent rebellion. Mm-hmm. And I've explained a little bit what it means. Yeah, that's right. So what happened is when I told my mother I'd be going to church, then she'd be saying, oh, I think you will change in some time, you know. Because, you know, when you're in search, 
Mm-hmm. You do things, and then you say, no, let's move to the next one. You see, there's a process going on. That's you right. don't stay in one thing and maintain, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're still in search. She was thinking, oh, you will stop going there also. <laughs> but for her, it was difficult in a way because of a tradition. You know, it's so strong, you know, following the tradition of the parents. It's like when you move to another faith, it's like you're disconnecting with a tradition. And a lot of things are involved psychologically. In that yeah, process, it's, it's like you're living your whole community, yes, and you're being on your own, yes. And uh, we feel rejected indirectly. My father, on his side, the amazing thing is, you know, when I told my father to stop, remember mm-hmm. when I told him you need to stop now, things changed in his life later on. Yeah, he was making some effort because he knew he couldn't deal the same manner with me, so it helped him in a way. So, sometimes when you stand up and talk to the one who's abusing you, you might be helping the person also, instead of letting the person doing whatever he or she is doing. Mm. So you can bring healing in the person's life. So uh, when I got back, I was telling my father I was getting baptized, he wanted to come. Oh, for I told baptism. him to come, he was okay. My mother was more another story, difficult. Mm-hmm. But to show you that my father is... It changed. There was something going on in him, and then he was very sick. I was the one taking him to hospital. One week before my father passed away, my prayer was, God, I don't have anything against him. Please be with him. The next week he passed away. Hmm. And we, he, he passed away knowing I didn't have anything against him. That is wonderful. So that's a story of God. It's not my story. That was his work. Forgiveness is still possible with God's help, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was looking at him, I was not bitter. I was helping him. That's amazing. The same one who destroyed my childhood. He mm-hmm. did that. That's a fact. But God transformed everything. When you see me today, you won't know I had a, a difficult childhood. You will yeah, see me I would, smiling. I, I wouldn't tell. Yeah. You wouldn't know. That's a healing of God. That's why I said it's so powerful. You see, that's one when you, you see, I speak with emotions. When you see, sometimes I miss my words. You know that I have emotions going on also, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's why I'm so amazed by this God. That's what I want to share with people. If I go in pastoring, this is what I'll be sharing with people. But God that can be in your life wherever you are, and He can tr- uh, help you to be more victorious. Praise the Lord, so, yeah. So on your dad's side, he was for it and he, he, he supported He doesn't say it, but in but his... But the actions. In his, that's why I was saying intelligent rebellion. They couldn't tell me anything because I've already, already uh, always respected them. Mm-hmm. I didn't get anything bad. I was not drinking, smoking, you know, doing all sorts of life. I was active socially, things like that. Mm-hmm. So when I said, I want to make that move, although they didn't understand, that's a fact. They won't understand what's going on, right? If they were able to understand, they'd be, in Christ- they'd be Christians also, right? That's right. Do you understand what I mean? So that was the only thing. And I made my move. They couldn't say anything. And I became active at church. And, and today I'm at seminary. Wow. So... so- now you're in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You are in Mauritius, right? And God opens opportunities for you to be able to come to study to the U.S. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious. How did that process come to be? And how was it like? Yeah, so I would say it was, yeah, everything is God-led, I would say. It's God-led. And mm-hmm. uh, there were some series of events. I won't go in details. It's uh but uh, both me and my wife, so I work in a secular context, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I work in a, yeah, 
international high school where I had uh, many rich people. So I've learned how to share God with them also. Mm. Now we're talking about people who owns like 60% of the business in my country. That's the audience I have in front of me. These are the future leaders of the country, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I couldn't talk about God openly. My wife also, she was working in a fee-paying Catholic school, but there also she couldn't speak openly about God. See, although she come from a Catholic background, mm -hmm. but now she's Seventh-day Adventist. So there were a lot of challenges, but we, we wanted to be able to talk about God openly, you know, and, and live our faith in a deeper manner. That's right. Because there you can't go too deep, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and that's why after some events, we met with a president of my conference. And they said, hey, Mervyn, you have passion for people. Why don't you go to seminary? And coming from outside church, I didn't know what Andrews what University. First time I had to Google it and say, okay, Andrews, okay. That's how we landed here, not knowing much about it, but with the uh, objective of, of sharing who this God is and what he did in, in our lives. That's my main thing. Or else there's nothing holding me in church or seminary. If I want a career, I can do something else. Yeah, if I want money, yeah. that's not an issue. I do something else. But there's more to it coming from my background. And just to add that, that's not an easy thing. My mother shared that with me. When she was uh, pregnant of me, right, she wanted to commit suicide. Hmm. She took a lot of pills. But it's good that I'm still alive. Praise so, the Lord. So yeah. nothing happened. I'm here. I'm right. happy, yeah, yeah, grateful right. for life. <laughs> That's why, that's why, you know, I didn't know about God doing all this in my life. I thought mm -hmm. I was on my own, right? But I was never, never on my own. So now when Praise I go through Lord. challenges, mm -hmm. difficult, you know, when you take the Christian journey, you are saying, when you take your baptism, mm -hmm. you're officially saying, Satan, I'm not with you. Oh, you're not with me. Okay, let me write your name on my list. You'd be tracked. You'd be getting challenges outside church guess what you get a bonus inside church also <laughs> so it's complex right that's right and if you don't have a strong strong understanding of the character of God mm -hmm. you'll be discouraged that's why many people leave church because in some cases they still have an unhealthy image of God yeah they think because broken people messed up people are, are treating them bad this means that it's God it has nothing to do with God. Mm. It's just we are living in a messed up world, broken world. But yeah. sadly, when we go through challenges, we throw everything on God. Yeah, we blame God all the Everything time. we blame God, but He's not to be blamed. He's the one to be helping you in your mess, right? So I was, you see, usually they tell you when a child had a very bad experience with a father, the father image, the same child will have a problem with God. Mm. That's a tendency that people have in general. I praise God. I don't have an unhealthy image of Him. Praise the Lord. God gave you that healing mm -hmm. to be able to forgive. Yep. That is very important because, so, as you have said, there are a lot of young people, or even now older people that had the same background, but they're still holding mm -hmm. to the things that happened mm -hmm. in their childhood. Mm -hmm. And hearing it from you, uh, from what you've described, what your childhood was, mm -hmm. we can see that for sure God can give complete deliverance and healing mm -hmm. And you ended up doing good things for your dad, too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just stop there that, hey, I've forgiven. No. But you mm -hmm. can go a step further mm -hmm. to actually show the love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why he, I knew God was working. So he stopped drinking, by the way. 
He stopped drinking, mm-hmm. stopped smoking, not much cursing. He was calmer. Even my wife would say there was change in my father's life. Mm. He didn't come to church, but I know I'll meet him again. Amen. That's an amazing thing, right? Amen. Amazing story. Mm-hmm. I'm still alive. I'm still smiling. But at that time, it was not easy. It was also based on the choices that I've been making. Mm-hmm. It didn't just happen like that. When God was speaking to me, you listened. I was listening. Now I can say that. And you obeyed. And I've obeyed without knowing where uh-huh. I was going. The walk of faith will tell you you don't walk by sight, right? Yeah. In my situation, when my friend that I met when I was 16, mm-hmm. he came to know a bit of my father. And when he will see my father, he was even afraid of him. Just seeing him. He had his stern look and all that. You might be afraid and not talk to him. But he's not a bad person. He's just a hurt person. I came to understand that mm-hmm. without normalizing what he did. So my friend told me, hey, Mervyn, would you ever see light in your life? Coming from outside, looking at me and my life. Yeah, today I can say, yeah, I did yeah. see light in my life. Praise the Lord. I Amen. Can, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm so grateful to God. Amen. And you will see I'm passionate about it. This is Michael Xarona, and you have been listening to Why I Am Here. For more episodes, please visit villagesda.org. We would like to thank Pastor Ron Kelly and his pastoral staff for making this show a reality. We would also like to thank Village Seventh-day Adventist Church in Bering Springs, Michigan, for their support and sponsoring this show. If you would like your story to be featured on this show, please visit villagesda.org. If you have enjoyed this show, Please remember to subscribe, review, and share with your friends. You can also listen to this show on your favorite podcast platform. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.